everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Painful Truths Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Wagner. Joining me is my co-host, Cole. Cole, how have you been, bud? I've been good, you know. Just day by day, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been, as you guessed by uh, the big gap of time between the last episode and this, we've been, once again, we've been really busy. Uh, I've been busy working. Uh, just we both have real life stuff happening. Uh, I'm gonna be moving in the coming days to. Yeah, I was uh, like, you're getting ready to move. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a. It, we're recording uh, June 9th. I have till July 4th to to get all my stuff out. But movers will be here on Monday to get all the big stuff, and that's gonna go in storage. Um, I'm gonna bring. I have to get my magic cards and just a few small items left to go to the new apartment with with my lady friend, and then. Uh, and we'll be kind of settled in from there. And then I'll do other trips to just do final cleaning and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's good stuff. I'm going to be a lot closer to uh, to the Fort Worth area so I can hang out with, with you and the other guys a lot more. So that'll be fun to, to go to those stores a little bit more. Yeah, that will definitely be um, a huge benefit, too, because now we can start playing at stores together, you know. Yeah uh yeah i'm so i'm super excited i'm I'm ready to because uh, pioneer apparently fires at nerd hall every wednesday and that was something i, I want to play play more and more of that and, and we'll get to that in, in, a, in a bit so what we're going to go over this week is the bnr announcement uh that happened just two days ago as of this recording uh the pioneer and explore format changes uh dreamhack was also this past weekend i just want to go over the results on that uh real quick and we had some good results from some some people some of our good friends so that'll be fun to talk about and then an upcoming tournament in st louis uh that we're going to be going as teammates we'll go over all that uh so cole let's go ahead and get started uh everyone you probably already know but there was a bnr announcement and it affected explorer and pioneer basically uh sort of I, very similar formats uh as i say ex- it affected uh explorer in the sense that <laughs> explorer is tied to pioneer right that they're going to be you know explorer is just the placeholder until pioneer is basically on the on the arena client in 60 uh, years yeah but winota and expressive iteration are both gone from the format now uh, and Explore the same thing, but Winota was uh, kind of on a suspend, but now they said it's not coming back, where they kind of implied it would be coming back with the new standard set, uh, the Brothers War. So, but Cole, what are your kind of, what are your thoughts on, on these uh, cards not being in the format now? I mean, obviously this is kind of more of your expertise, because you you know, thoroughly play Pioneer. Um, but from my time of watching Pioneer, uh, Winona's gross as hell. <laughs> I've watched a lot of videos lately kind of talking about <clears throat> like her effect in Pioneer. Because I do remember when Pioneer started and when Aquaria came out and all that, um, I remember Winona at the time was like a meme. Like, Oh man, I'm gonna get Agent of Treachery out and you know, steal your thing. Right. With Winota. Now, at the time, you know, Pioneer, we had Uro. Yeah, because Uro, or was Uro after Companion? 
before Companion, actually. Yeah, before. Okay, so Uro was still in the format. And, you know, like, it's just so overshadowed. You know, it was like, oh, stealing my <laughs> my land with a 3 3, right? Or 2 3? Two, uh, 2 3, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, not really relevant. But then we got all these, like, good humans that have ETB effects. Uh, one of them being a Grave Titan and the other being a uh, Banisher Priest. Right. That yeah. then flipped to non humans. They get better. Winota. Yeah. Like, it just. And then Fable the Mirror Breaker is just another really good card. Like, the deck got a lot of leeway in the sense that it doesn't have to be this, like, his poor, like, combo deck that doesn't really have a, a plan B and now it gets to be this uh, mid range deck. It, it, in a sense, like Yogmoth, honestly. Where it's like. This uh, kind of grindy deck that has this like explosive turn where it could just go off, right? You know, like how Yogmoth can, where you're like, all right, my creatures are slightly better than your creatures. Oh, I drew, you know, Yogmoth, I win the game. Yeah, yeah. Or the card advantage is so crazy that like you're never gonna get out of it. Right. And that to me, the with a a big problem with Winota was uh, it was it was. Just the best thing you could be doing in the format when it was legal. Like it, I don't even think it was like, I don't like the words "not close," but I think it was pretty clear that uh, that this was just the best thing you could do in the format. Uh, yeah, did, watching the guys play paper, like even just messing around, like I just kept asking myself, I was like, why would you ever want to do anything else in this format? Like, <laughs> it just seems definitively the best thing to do, right. which is crazy to say because your favorite deck is Lotus Field, and you know. Before Winona really blew up, we had always talked about, man, if you're a creature deck and you play against Lotus Field, like, it's not even close. Yeah. But then, you know, we, um, I see Winona and I'm like, damn, like, they're just so fast. Yeah. Like, turn one dude, turn two, like, I don't know, a three mana guy, turn three Winona, put, like, Torvalar's Huntmaster into play. It's like, oh, like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And it just like I always thought like the way to interact with it's 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 also just so tough to interact with, like to me it's like it, you really need. There was a okay there was like a not a people play, people playing Graph Digger's Cage in my opinion like that was just something, that that sh- almost should have just been stock in a lot of decks just to have something against Monoda because you're just gonna have a bad Monoda matchup anyway, but you should have this one like, just like Damping Sphere in a Lotus Field. Metagame slash Alpine Moon, but really Damning Sphere is just better. Um, and but in this, in kind of other games, if you're like playing blue white control, it's like all right, I'm holding up a counter spell or something, and they play Eska's Chariot, and you're like, well, I do have to counter this or whatever, or and like you can't just let that happen because that card is just way too good and. And even if you're holding up like two mana to for like removal, like if you're like playing the uh, like two mana black removal card, like they they probably know like you did elected to not play anything else to hold up removal because you're on your combo turn, so they'll just play like Fable or Eska's Chariot or something something else, or even like which worse is they have Voice of Resurgence, so. Now they don't care about one of resolving because they're just going like, to get like a 5-5 five, five creature that's also going to be a huge problem. I just never thought there was like a good way to attack it. And there was yeah. no like clear, oh, this deck is really good against Winota, so now this is a good deck. Like before 
before MH2, we had in the modern format Heliod, the Heliod combo, which just a lot of times Infinite Life would win the game. And then all of a sudden, Blue Red Prowess with like Lava Darts and Bolts, like just could just be patient and actually had a very good matchup against it. So Blue, like those were the top decks of the format at the time. There isn't that in, in Winota. There isn't something that just like clearly keeps it in check and clearly just handles that problem. It's just the 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 deck is just there's just nothing that was yeah deck, very deck strong was against just it. Too too good. Right. Right. Exactly. And like that was always what I thought too was like you know if Lotus Field could be quicker, these could both be. Like for example, because I'm biased, I'm partial. I talk about Lotus Field every time. If you like, if we have a drinking game, it's Brent says the word Lotus Field. At this point, you're probably drunk. If that's <laughs> the game you play. But there's no like that. Never like we're just slower. Like we just don't have a good like Lotus Field did not have a good matchup against Winota. It could win. It could cheat games. It could absorb six plus damage with a grazer and maybe sneak out a win. But usually, it just did not win. And so it, you know, that's like there were just never was a deck that could compete with it, in my opinion. I Grease Fang I thought might actually be a little bit competitive if you're playing like the Mardu version. If you have like uh, the uh, the pitch red removal card, uh, discard a card, deal five. Like I thought light, that light, lightning axe. Yeah, thank you. I'm just blanking on it. Um, I thought maybe that could be like that also gets advantage of your game plan while disrupting theirs and maybe, but I don't even think that's necessarily true. I think I'm just kind of. Well, then they play like, like a lot of, I don't know. They have, they get to play a lot of free hate bears in their deck. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I, so I'm not, so I'm kind of like, didn't see it coming or I, like the BNR was just kind of surprising, and then um, I was just so happy to see that that gone. But but there also we also had Express Federation also removed. This one I was a little shocked. With the but black sheep. Yeah, I was kind of like shocked, but then I was like, but not really too shocked because the card is just it's just so good. Like yeah, we must have the same opinion about the card where it's just this card is too good. Right. Yeah, it's they were talking about it on the. Uh, on the MTG rants because I just I just edited that podcast this, this tonight as well and they were talking about like is blue red draw two too good and they're like yeah probably not but this is probably a little better because you get to look at the third card to and then you know what two to play like it's just it's just really really good it's a baby dick through time kind of I mean also yeah like lately blue red has been just the the best color combination of all time. <laughs> Yeah, there's like blue red control, which is what running Nimbizit as a as a win con. There's obviously Phoenix, which has been like a deck that has been around in Pioneer almost the whole time in some capacity. And um, although they may not play too many copies of that because it's kind of kind of expensive. Yeah, a lot of Phoenix decks like didn't, even though at the time that I remember that we were really playing Pioneer, we were like, man, why doesn't Phoenix play EI? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, in Phoenix, you're kind of just like, go, go, go. Right. And uh, you don't really want to have like a card that's like, all right, let's uh, take kind of the turn off to play one spell, especially when they got a new card, you know, in Ledger Shredder. 
Right. Which kind of just also feels that fire of go, go, go. Yeah. Like, play fast, you know, just go, 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 go. So, right. EI doesn't really, like like I said, EI doesn't really fit that. And Phoenix currently, oddly enough, in this format, from what I see, is just trying to do the dumbest broken thing, <laughs> like, that they physically can right now. Like, what if I galvanic whatever, temporal trespass, like... Right. That's probably just good enough. Yeah, like, they're, it just seems like they're trying to do the dumbest stuff right now. Oh, yeah. Which I, which I think is fine. Like, I, I like dumb Phoenix. I think Phoenix is fun. And, right. Uh, oh, I did too. I, I think it's a fine, you know, kind of blue-red deck for the format. It's kind of what blue-red kind of should be to an extent to me. Like, I love blue-red as a color combination. It's one of my favorites. Um, You know, and I saw EI, and I was like, whoa. I was like, this card's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's so good that people, like, complain about it in Modern, people complain about it in Legacy, yeah. you know, when they were banning Ragavan out of Legacy, people were like, well, hold up, like, EI is also really good. Right, yeah, exactly. And obviously, like, Prowess was, was uh, because I, I actually bought the, the remaining parts for Prowess myself just recently, which I had the Ledger Shredders, because I was like, I didn't want those to get spiraled too far out of, I got them for 10 per, and they're, like, 20 North yeah, they're expensive, 20. and you know, talking about that card, Brent. You know, we yeah. talked about it a little bit ago. Our last, you know, I think our last podcast was the uh, was about. Um, it was about streets, yeah. We're, yeah, uh, streets. So it's overview. So, yeah, Brent and I talked about. It, we were like, wow, we uh, we were, we really missed Ledger Shredder. Right. I think it's. It, I was. It was funny because I was just like. If it says blue, if it's a blue card, it costs like less than two mana, and you see the word "draw a card" on it. Just get a give it a second look or something. Like, well, I, I think the thing was is that I think you and I just didn't really have the understanding of connive, right? Like what what it meant and stuff, and yeah. like kind of were just like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, it's a set. It's a set word. Like, it's fine. Yeah, this like, card's okay. Yeah, maybe limited. Maybe I want it, kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's pretty it's pretty strong. No, it, yes, it, easily. It's a very, very good card. Right. And it was funny, like, when it first, like, in Moto, it's just, like, someone plays a spell, and then they're like, all right, strangle, or, like, you know, deal three to your... Uh, and then, like, all right, trigger, and then it's like, oh, God. It's like bolting the goif all over again. Yeah, people are like, don't... The new bolting the goif thing is, uh... <laughs> like, uh, bolting a, uh... Bolting a shredder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like, yeah, 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 it's rough. But yeah, that was de- that that card was definitely a miss by us. Um, oh no, yeah, hundred hundred percent. Yeah, there's also one like speaking of misses. This isn't related to the BNR, but like, I was ta- I was talking to you Cole prior to this about like a list that was a Titan list in the challenge was run by Moniz. He got ninth. Looking at his list, he had two unlicensed hearse in his sideboard to help against the blue red Murktide matchup in modern. And I was like, damn it, I guess I was wrong. Because you asked me about, like, because <laughs> I was like, I'm hinting it's a vehicle that I think is good. And you're like, oh, is it the hearse? I was like, no, it's. Oh, yeah, I did bring car. up hers. You d- no, you did. I, I, no, was like, I, I know, I said I did. This is where we'd have that flashback moment, like, yeah. me quoting about <laughs> the hearse. Yeah, well, I was at first. I was like, as t- as time went on from that po- from us recording that podcast, I was like, no, getaway car is gonna be. I, I I want it to be good. I still want it to be good, 
like run like some white value creatures, put it in the car, you know, return it, and you just like re just keep getting that value. Like that dream may be dead, but it it would exist in Pioneer if anything. But the hearse yeah. is obviously it is a win condition later, and it just you just get you just get the two cards that you want, so you can probably eat kill delirium, and it's kind of just an instant win card against living end if you just. Is that relic where you just like they they exile a fetch land or something? This eats the two best creatures that are in the graveyard. It eats their wake waker and their um like uh grief or whatever. So that oh, was yeah, yeah. yeah so it, 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 I know what I said. I was like, oh, it, you can't get it with Saga. So next question, basically, and it's 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 something I should have respected a little bit more. It, I think it's still like. You can't get this with Saga. Card is garbage. Right. Moving on. Yeah, that's basically what it did. But I think there's certainly times where it's like, well, it dies to dress down. Like that's that's fair, but also, um, it's it's you just like if you keep the graveyard empty against Murktide, they don't function very well. So yeah. that's that. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was. Pretty and then cool. it also just becomes like a powerhouse later. Right. Like yeah, you play Dryad, you can crew it. If if you're like, I think I'm gonna try to win the game, you get a, up to uh, more than six toughness, and it's just it's better than Titan in the red zone sometimes. So yeah, that was a miss. Anyway, back to back to the BNR. Um, I, and it, it there's I guess like one question I have for you, Cole, is uh what what ha- like what's the immediate impact we see in in pioneer with these cards removed from the format um you know honestly we we kind of looked at it before before the the stream obviously the yeah stream the, the podcast and um i kind of like kind of glanced at the format obviously it's real early and i don't play pioneer as much as uh our boy on the podcast here does but um i definitely think that I definitely think Lotus Field probably becomes the fastest deck in the format again. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's fine. Because equivalently, I guess Winota was a combo deck at its core. Kind of just like Yawgmoth is. It's kind of like a combo finish, yeah. Yeah, like at, at its core. Well, I mean, that's what made it win so fast. Right. Was the the combo part of it. Like the, the oh my god, I blew up part. Right. But yeah, I mean, like... I don't know, I, I hope that mid-range decks are okay. Like, I hope that, you know, like, black-red mid-range and all these other... Like, I, I hope it opens the door to other mid-range decks in the format, if I'm to be perfectly honest. Like, I would love to see, like, a Naya value creature deck. Because we used to, in Pioneer, have that, uh, what was it, that green-white deck when Lotus Field was really popular? Uh, uh, hate, like, hate bears dot deck. Yeah, they played, like, Archon and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want decks like that. Right. Yeah, that's yeah that that would be good. I mean, we have like right now. I mean, it's it's such an immature space on goldfish, but like black red is a definitely a mid range deck. Um, and I, you would I would say like Bant spirits is kind of a mid range slash tempo deck and sacrifice decks. But like yeah, there's a lot of combo. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, somebody posted on Twitter. Uh, magic player with quite a bit of followers about like that they should have just kind of went all out with the banning 
mm-hmm. and banned uh, the oven. Oh sure. And I mean, there's a there's a lot of people that want that kind of banning. We're like, just ban like the big three, or something. Right. Like yeah. ban Nikthos, ban uh, Field, and ban Oven, and then like let the format kind of go wild. Right. And I mean, like I'm I know that every time we always have our podcast, that I'm always like the uh, <laughs> I'm always the one talking about it. yeah, like throw to the fire. <laughs> That's like the magic players. Like, what do you think if this is banned? Like, or what if we unban this? That's just like a huge like. Uh, yeah, you usually discussion. always hear me go like, "Yeah, man, like, <laughs> yeah, unban everything in modern. Let it let it go wild." Yeah, that's that's always my perspective on things. So, but no, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I, you know, I was playing Phoenix, uh, not competitively, but for fun when Brett, you know, has always been playing field and that was never a feels good when i was playing phoenix and you know it's a it's frustrating to be on the other end of it and be like well what the hell yeah like like why is this some shit yeah so I, hey man i get it but I don't, <laughs> I don't think you know banning everything is is the right call right say. And, it, and it you know what it never usually is yeah to be completely honest yeah my my gut thoughts of the format like like yours is like Lotus Field kind of becomes maybe the fastest deck, or it's it's certainly up there. I always think like Grease Fang can be, you know, turn three just to get Parhelion. That could happen, and turn that's like a turn four win. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you don't concede, yes, <laughs> right. If, if you don't concede with the trigger on the stack, like, well, I mean, it doesn't kill you. It's thirteen plus, and then eight on the next turn at. Well, yeah, if you don't minimum. do anything. Yeah, if you don't have a a, a block, a, a way to block some damage or remove the Grease Fang. Or, or like a, like yeah, that. or like a sweeper or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, my, my, but, yeah, like you said, I think Strings becomes maybe the fastest deck and maybe the, like, a big winner from, from it so far. So, like, that's something I think if you don't play it, like, I think that's worth respecting a little bit more. Like, maybe... Uh, tune your sideboard to have like you know, Depic Sphere is such a every deck can play that card. Yeah, no, it, it is a it is a card that you can play. A lot of people for some reason, and it, it's specifically Depic Sphere. Even in like the modern format, people are like, "Ugh, I don't want to play this two minute artifact in my deck." Right. Yeah. Like, and I mean, now to be fair, I will be honest. Obviously, like Tron is, you know. Damage Sphere, when it came out in Dominaria... Was it Dominaria? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Yeah, that's forever ago, right? Uh, I remember... Yeah. I yeah, I'm I pretty, remember I'm that people sure. people were like, this is gonna kill Tron, like, finally! And, you know, it never does. Right. We, we, we were all harping it when Alpine Moon came out, we were all doing it when blah blah blah, like... Yeah. It did, funny enough, it wasn't Tron hate that killed Tron, it was just faster decks that killed Tron. <laughs> right, yeah. Who would have thought the if the format was faster, then Tron wouldn't be able to survive in it. But right, but yeah, like I mean, like people even back then when they had this card and people were like, "Hey, this is the card to beat Tron." You still had people back then who were like, "No, I'll play that card." <laughs> right. Like I'll just play Fulminator Mage. It's like what? <laughs> what? What are you playing? And they're like, "Not living in." It's like what? Why? <laughs> 
And they're like, because I don't know better. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I don't know why people don't play it. And I know I don't know why people also, like, would rather play, like, Alpine Moon in this format versus playing um, Damping Sphere. Yeah. You play like, Alpine feel... Moon for the mirror. <laughs> well, yeah, but I feel like there's, there's like, there's people that would be like, yeah, I'll just play, like I'm not in red. Well, I'll play Alpine, but I'll just splash red or something. Oh yeah, versus, versus play Damping Sphere. That's like that's how drastic it is. Right. Yeah. Like, I, they're like, yeah, I'll just play not Damping Sphere, <laughs> and it's like okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's pretty much at least where the bannings are at, honestly. Yeah. I also, I do want to say one more thing. Uh, more recently, I've been playing a crapload of uh, like. But with Winota, I've been playing. I, I thought I thought Lotus Field was like a medium deck or like overrated certainly, and I was like I want to play Mono Blue Spirits. I've been playing a fair bit of that. Like in paper, I've, I've been playing it in. I paid I played fi Watsy fifty bucks for the wild cards so I can get the deck. Well, now we just lost all of our fans. No, well, I you know that's the quickest way for me to get the deck. No, like, I I bought it too. I'm not okay. gonna argue with you. I, I, I bought it too. If it, I was like, I have the exact amount. I was like one rare wild card away, but I was like, oh, I don't need the sideboard for a best of one. So I was like, that's fine. I'll just take, I'll take my blue spirits. I'll play the fucking uh, lantern bearer. It's fine. It's not Mausoleum Wanderer. Nothing ever is. But I was like, I'll play the stupid thing, and I've been d doing super well with it. Miss and, it every day. Yeah, but I do the yeah, but. Blue Spirits was something I played a lot on the side. Like, I play Cockatrice at times, and I was like, man, this deck is just... It's fun. It's just like you play Threat on 1, Interaction, if they don't do anything, Rattle Chains, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of the deck. And now, like, in this post-Winota world, it may just be a very good deck, as opposed to just a pretty good deck. Like, it, it, it struggles against, like, Red Aggro, but it annihilates... Uh, Lotus Field. Like, you just could easily have counter magic available, like, throughout the game. Because the first two turns, like, Hidden Strings, just like Tron, it's like the first two turns, they're doing nothing. Like, they're basically doing stone nothing. Yeah, they're doing, the... like, map into blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, like, all the good, you know, like like you said, doing all the good Tron stuff. Like, right. Yeah, that's Do nothing, do nothing. And blow up, you know. <laughs> right, and storming off, and I win. Like spirits is good, and also like blue white control is probably also a a deck that is was good and still is probably good. I don't know if it's better or worse after Winota. It's probably a little better. And mono blue spirits, like you know, it's a deck that has a fair bit of instant speed interaction. Uh, blue white control doesn't like that too much. So, like that's definitely something. Like I played uh, a few weeks ago. I was playing blue spirits. And, you know, good buddy Mikey, who we talked about a few times on this podcast, he he's Mr. Blue-White Control. He plays it almost all the time. And when we were the lone 2-0s, he's like, we're not playing. <laughs> that I concede. Like, he just... He thinks it's a horrendous matchup. So that was kind of validation for what I assumed, which was a good matchup for the Spirits player. So I do think, like, Mono Blue Spirits is a pretty strong choice Uh going forward i'm not I, I think it was kind of a looking for identity and it finally found it and it's now a pretty well respected deck and i'm like very high on it 
um, right now. Yeah. So it's it is it is lots of fun. Um. Yeah, that's that's I think that's all I got for uh for the BNR. Kind of got sidetracked to Pioneer, but yeah, I do <laughs> think like I do think like Mono Blue Spirits is actually a pretty good choice. And it's a budget friendly deck for the most part. It is. Uh, according to Goldfish, one hundred eighteen dollars. You get pretty far with the uh the starter deck or the challenger deck too. That's a lot of the pieces. You'll have to be digging through your bulk to find the snow cover islands like I did, but you'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah, like you said, it is a very budget friendly deck. The, the friendliest of the budget decks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to Dreamhack? Yep. Yep. So Dreamhack, I think I said it last pod or something that I planned I'm going to Dreamhack. Uh that that plan kind of fell through. I was on call and my on call coverage kind of uh which but, but when I when I'm on call I for the most part I just like stay in my own apartment. I like don't go out and I'm just ready to to jump on work. And I'm actually on call as of now too and I was last weekend for Dreamhack so I I kind of was like all right, I can't really swing it. Uh and Cole, I know you didn't go either, but we do have the results. Uh, I'm not going to go too detailed. Um, I actually don't even know who the winner was. Um, but I do want to talk about like conversion and the, the match win percentage, because I always think that kind of data is the, the what you kind of want to take away in a paper tournament. Like what do people like? What were there a lot of, and what were the the decks that kind of did really well? I mean that that kind of data is always interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so to filter, so the, the strangely, I thought this was crazy. The the deck that did the best was Mill, and that was only one person in the room played it, and he went seven zero and one. So he intentionally drew in the last round and had the best match win percentage at like eighty seven percent, something like that, something incredibly high. Uh, it's fucking wild, man. Um, he top aided and he got eighth place when it, everything got shook out. And, but that's like to me that's not real data. If it's I mill, think, it's I not think data. that's exactly what that means. I think that means that we all should go into mill. Uh, I I don't know like I am on the list right now selling out of Yongmoth to build this mill deck. Look, you you follow your heart. Um, I think. I, I, like with one deck, it's like it's hard to like really read too much about this specific deck and its performance. But obviously, he ran pretty well, or the the pilot did very well. But I, I don't know. I've like, and part of me is like, I don't want Mill to be a thing because that's a horrendous matchup for Amulet Titan too. But um, I, it's tough. But let's let's okay. Let's 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 go over some of the the real decks here. Uh, the number one. As far as and these are decks with three or more uh, pilots in the room, because with one or two there's not really good data. The best performing deck was Blue White Hammer uh, at 56 percent match win percentage, and with and nine nine pilots. I thought that was actually incredibly good. Um, and 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 by the way, the full disclaimer: there was 204 people playing in this event yeah it was a relatively small event compared to like scg yeah i yeah I, that was yeah to go over that real quick yeah before we go too deeper in the data 
the Hunter Burton event had just shy of 500 people. The main event, that's the one that you got 24th in, uh, the more recent event. The and and it just for in my side event what had a hundred I think it was 176 players. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's a it's probably about right. The Star City event had uh almost like 900 plus yeah, people. Yeah, some like crazy number. Yeah, it was a huge room with tons of people. Like I went to table number like 400s, like almost yeah. Lots of people, and even like day two, like people who went like uh, X and two or better was like a hundred people still. Like there were still a lot of people in like that were doing pretty well in day after day one. Yeah. Um, it's so for to go from almost five hundred to almost one thousand, and then just barely getting to two hundred was kind of wild to me. Um, what and this is the one that feeds into the pro tour too. So that just like the whole thing was so so wild to me. Um, I don't know. Like, to, I talked to a buddy, and he's he thought it might be because of no mask or vaccine requirement for the venue. I like I don't know how much that moves the dial. I don't think a lot, but I know he said he wasn't doing it because of that. Uh, Todd Anderson, same thing. So there, like, not zero amount of impact with that kind of decision. But I just thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, no, I agree. It definitely was like a a pretty huge drop off. Yeah. Um, from the huge turnouts that we had. Right. Yeah, DFW is, like, probably one of the biggest magic spots maybe on Earth. Like, yeah, I, no, they, they're they're always out trying to play. Right. Like, starting to see games, like, they're, you know, they're a Northeast kind of organization. They'll make the trip to Dallas because they'll, they'll get, they'll get people, they'll get people to play every time. And even, like, uh, Grand Prix back in the before times, they would always show up in Dallas, too. Um. Anyway, yeah, back to the back to the data. Uh, Blue White Hammer with nine nine pilots, fifty six percent. That was the best with with uh, three or more pilots. The second best was also even more surprising because I it's just not a deck that you that we talk about was Blue White Affinity, which is just even more crazy because you that's just that might be like a like I don't know. It's just like that. Pe- that <laughs> he just boggles. Like... I I can't even say words right. I can't complete sentences. It's so wild. Add fifty three point seven percent match win percentage. The, the second best in the room. It, I was just so surprised that there was that kind of that many pilots and that many pilots that did well. And you know, six pilots. That's like a reasonable sample. Um. Anyway, uh, the third deck you'll be excited to hear is your deck it's uh black green uh yawgmoth that had 52.1 percent uh match one percentage for nine pilots as well so same number of people played yawgmoth as it did hammer hammer did uh was the best deck in the or the best performing deck in the room overall uh next from that a short drop off from yawgmoth is burned that had a 51.9 percent uh match win percentage and uh, Team of Rhinos after that was also very, like, around that same time. Six pilots, it went from 51%. And Living In was the last one to have above 50%, or it was at 50%. Blue Red Merc tied 49%. Amulet Titan had 47%. So that's got, to me, a little sad. And four-color decks, if the, the culmination of all those were all under 47%, which that was wild to me. Because that's, like, perceived among the best decks in the room 
and there were a lot of pilots for it. I think if I were doing quick quick edition, fourteen total brews of four color. Um, it was all forty seven. So that was that was surprising to me, Cole. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just I always thought blue blue white hammer was like a deck that was slipping and slipping as as we kept going through. Like ever since Luris the ban, really, it just kind of kept slipping. I felt, but it did the best in the room. And affinity is still can't get over affinity. I don't know how that did so well. <laughs> um, and then and then yeah, Yogmoth. That's it, it's a deck that's like we we were talking a little bit before. It's a deck that people will like. Everyone respects it. But no one will like get close to it. Like they'll like it's it's a special kind of person, which Cole, you fit the definition of special kind of person, um, to play that deck and it did really well. So that's like encouraging for people who do like the Yogmonk deck to, to see that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh Blue Red uh back to Blue Red Murktide real quick. That had uh twenty pilots. It was not close, the most played deck. The ad, adding all the four color decks, there was fourteen of them, so those were the two most played decks. There may be like some deviation with the data because there was something called Teamer Aggro. I I didn't look at what that deck actually was. I would guess it's just Rhinos but mislabeled, or maybe uh, uh, Teamer Murktide that just called Teamer Aggro. I don't know. Like there's probably some incomplete data here, but um, but yeah, if there if there's anything to take away, uh. Artifacts are are in, so maybe play another Force Vigor. I don't know, to do do stuff. Well, it's also, I mean, to be fair though, and we both have talked about it, paper is just kind of like a wild wild west right now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it could just be like you know, it's it's harder to switch from deck A to de- deck B in paper, whereas on Moto and challenges, most people have. Rental services, so it's like, oh yeah, I think uh, Living In's the best deck. I will push the button. Now I have Living In, basically. Yeah. That that's that's certainly true. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I wanted to go over. Um, let's go over, uh, but let's also talk about some individual results. Uh, our buddy Tyler, and we're gonna talk about Tyler a little bit later as well. He got twelfth running t- uh, Teamer Footfalls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I don't know why I was blanking. Yeah, he did really well, and our friend Jacob, we've talked about Jacob on this podcast. He got, he made cash, which I think was top thirty-two, maybe top twenty-four. Yeah, I don't remember, uh, but he he made cash. He was playing Mono Green Tron. He uh went X two and one, and uh. Will William Barlin? He got he made cash too. I, he was playing a Yogmoth deck as well. I can't think of. I think that's all the people I recognize that that did well, or that that people like our local people that that did well. So good job to those guys, um, especially Tyler. I think Tyler he was someone who's like worked a lot of weekends, so it was tough for him to do that much uh, magic events. Uh, but this is like so. This may be a, among his the first one in a while for him, and he did really well. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, it, it always makes you uh, happy when Tyler does well. Yeah, he he deserves it. Oh yeah, and he played a good deck. He did really well. I was 
I, I was, you know, on call. I was kind of like refreshing the web page. I'm like, okay, Tyler's like five and one at this point. And I'm like refreshing later. Like, oh, he won. He's at six and one. He just kept kept doing well. And Jacob was, uh, he had a draw round two. And I was kind of rough. And then a loss later. But he, I was kind of watching him too because they were both kind of on winning trajectories for most of the day. And, um, oh, oh, and so, yeah, Dylan Hinkey also. He was on, I think it was like, boomer jund that's kind of his deck but he did really well as well he uh he cashed i don't remember his exact placing i don't have that specific data i just have the uh the match win percentage data in front of me but that was that was good to see him do well as as well he's kind of a wild cookie sometimes um but it's always fun to like he'll give you some opinions right or wrong (laughs) usually wrong but it's uh it's it's fun to like hear from him as well so that was cool um anything else uh to, any other takeaways from the the dream hack event oh no that's about it for me yeah that's me too um speaking of tyler and speaking of magic we're a magic podcast and speaking of magic event we we were gonna do or we're gonna do the uh with tyler we're gonna be a team trio for the nrg st louis event in late august this cole this is gonna be really fun like i know i'm very excited i love team turns we had a oh speaking of dylan also we did a team uh trios tournament in oklahoma city it didn't go well, but man, team tournaments are just so fun. We did uh we did a lot of some local ones at a local store as well. Uh, with uh modern, we had uh a f- another friend Donovan who was uh also on the team, and we had a gentleman named Tahir. Yes. And then there's one time we were we had different teams, um, and we both did really well it, uh, separately as well, but. We're back. We're back on the same side, <laughs> and this, uh, this will be uh, this NRG event is going to be Pioneer Modern Legacy, kind of the, the almost a standard team format going forward. Now it seems like uh, I will probably. I don't imagine. I think our seats are basically locked in place. Uh, I'll be sitting in the far side uh, in Pioneer. Cole, you're going to be in the center seat with modern and tyler will be in legacy that's i don't think we'll change any of those seats uh maybe the seats between you and tyler might get flipped but i can't i i don't imagine that being the case honestly no yeah i think we both kind of or i think everybody's kind of agreed where they're at right i could play a uh, model green cloud post i'll be at the legacy seat that sounds fine <laughs> yeah yeah you will <laughs> um but yeah, that was it was kind of funny. We were talking. You know, that was I guess two over two weeks ago. I was I let you know about the tournament, but I, plans were kind of made for me about that event, uh, and uh, so we're playing a just Tuesday, Tuesday night magic, and I let Cole know that there's this event, and and I also told him I'm sorry I have uh, other guys that I'm gonna play with. And you were super sad, and I felt horrible about it, because um, uh, you you had nothing going on. And then I, I was talking to Tyler too, trying to steal him before you could get to him for for the legacy seat. And that and my friend my friend Cody, who kind of put was trying to get us a team, and he said, hey, I might have two other guys that might want to team with me." 
And I was like, okay, no big deal. I have Cole and uh, another and a guy for Legacy. I have a team that's waiting on me, sort of, or that that is ready for that that would pick me up, basically. Like I have I have other plans. That's fine, no big deal. I'll be with these guys. You get your team, and we're still going to be. Uh, I think. Bar, unless something drastic changed, we're all going to be in the same Air, uh, Airbnb together, so that will help with the the costs as well. And Airbnbs are just so great, like versus like hotel rooms and stuff like that. So when you get a lot of people, it's it, the price gets really cheap. So that's gonna be really fun. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So um, we're kind of talking in our in our like private three person chat with Tyler about what to play not terribly active but we are talking a little bit uh what do you think uh tyler would play at his seat what like i don't i legacy something i i'm very unfamiliar with so i'm kind of genuinely asking what do you think uh that tyler's going to be over uh in the legacy seat i mean the safest choice is always delver okay like if you know how to play delver and you can uh pilot it real well then i i usually would put that it's like the safest choice okay Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. Usually, most of the format, like if you play against somebody that plays Legacy, like religiously, they're gonna be like, "Ugh, you." <laughs> but like, even then, like if you know how to play the deck really well, like it's a good deck. Yeah, I feel like that's that could just be a scheduled thing to say about Legacy. If you can play Delver, it's a good deck, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's fringe decks that you know you see pop up, or like. You know, there, there are a flavor of other decks. Like, every deck... Okay, so, like, if you look at Modern, and you're like, alright, I'm gonna play Amulet. There are probably different flavors of Amulet by, like, one or two cards or whatever. And then Karn and not Karn, too. Yeah, like, but, like, you look at flavor. Legacy, and you look at, like, Jeskai Control, there's, like, four different versions of Jeskai Control that play, like, four different... Like, it's wild. Yeah. Because the card pool is just so massive. Like, oh, yeah. And, like, some, you know, some people prefer certain tech cards over others. Like, it's... Legacy's a hellscape. <laughs> it's fun, though. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I, I would... That or, like, uh, whatever the 8-cast deck, or, like, I think that's, like, the... The... You do the... Yeah, the, the with the turtle. The Kappa. Oh, yeah. Engineer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that deck's also good. Yeah. But, I mean, it's up to Tyler. I usually, whenever I go to any tournament and I'm not the Legacy player, I usually just tell the Legacy player, I'm like, hey, man, just play what you want. Like, whatever you're comfortable with. Right. Because, like, that's a format that they're, you know, that they know. And there's nothing I'm going to tell them that's going to, you know, be any better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, usually with, like, Pioneer and Modern, you kind of be like, oh, I don't know, man, I think the format's this. Right. I mean, with Legacy, I've seen plenty of Legacy players, and I've been plenty of Legacy players, but, like, you think you're going to play against, uh, like, Delver all day, and you, you never do. <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, oh, weird. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, usually, like I said, I'm just like, hey, man, you just tell me what cards you need, and I'll help you get them. Right. Yeah, with Delver, I, I mean, it's kind of the, the creatures are never the hard part. With with the... well, I mean that's a, I think that's true about all of Legacy though is like yeah, yeah most of Legacy it's like oh it's the lands or the blue spells right yeah 
that are like keeping me from playing this format. <laughs> I mean, even with the um, tabernacle, <laughs> yeah. even with the like the um, the uh, eight cast deck, the most expensive cards to play set of force wills. Right. Yeah, that's like if you are in legacy, you may just have those cards anyway too. Yeah, I mean, usually that's why you see and hear legacy players are like, yeah, if you get into this format, you don't you don't sell out. Right. Yeah. Or you don't sell anything because you're probably gonna need it later. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that, that that's probably what I would tell Tyler. Yeah. Just just play what it, play what his heart wants. I mean he's played, um, you know those like mono red burn decks and legacy you always see, and he's done really well with them. You're right. Yeah. That that's what I would have uh, before talking to him a little bit because just kind of his tone was like I like he didn't want to play burn too much or he want i think maybe he wanted flexibility to play something else more yeah, you, so. i mean usually you, you want that you, i mean like it's better to not feel like you're locked in like damn i guess i have to play this because this is all i have right yeah uh so kind of moving down the uh the table what do you think you're going to be playing and oh, I, know the, I already know the answer <laughs> okay already registered it are you, uh, yeah, you you're, you are like, dear NRG, <laughs> I will be playing in this tournament in in eight weeks. I'm playing this deck. You might not know who I am, but you will. Gosh. What was uh, the other deck I said? Charbelcher. Charbelcher? Yeah, sure. No, I mean, it's going to be Yawgmoth. Uh, we're not getting anything new. Um, And the format's still ripe for it. Yeah, and that's like, like um, kind of back to the to Tyler and the Legacy C, it's like play with you're familiar with, and Yawgmoth is a very well-respected deck, and if the pilot's good, then it's probably a pretty decent choice. No different than, like, uh, you know, other decks. I mean, like Amulet, other decks that require, like, in- intricate plays. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, for you, I'd, like, I knew the answer. Like you're, you're gonna play Yawgmoth. We're, we're, oh, most people do. <laughs> yeah, we're one trick ponies. Like it's fine. Um, but yeah, Yawgmoth seems like a like a very good choice. Like that that's. Like, I don't know if he'll ever be make it to be the best deck in the format, but it's it's like it's a good deck. Like it it, it and and you pl- and you we're on the you know we have we had matching Hepatra tattoos. Like that's that's our life. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm trying to get the tramp stamp of Omnixilis, so we're seeing how that's going. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and for me, I, I'm kind of like, my format kind of got opened up a little bit, so... Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the big one, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, I, like I said before, like, if the format was the same, because for the most part, the format shouldn't change. Like, we're not getting a new standard set in between this podcast and that event, um, so barring other BNR announcements, then the like the format is the format, and I my gut is telling me I said before like if it was today or like tomorrow I'd probably just play Mono Blue Spirits because I think it's just a better position deck, and I feel like it's been pretty good. Now like that this BNR has happened, I may go back to old old faithful and may like get Lotus Field back. I'm going to be trying like a few different. Uh, I haven't shared a list with you, Cole, but you know how I am like a bias towards Bryant Cook's build of like 
the wish package. Like I don't like the ultimatum builds. I I like the wish into Niv Mizzet into uh, Valka Awakening and win the game. Yeah. Uh, whereas the win con is often like approach the second sun and you you know you do this circus act of like all right I'm gonna play ult like the normal builds like ultimatum and get these cards now I have omniscience now it's easy mode and I never like like the what like to to be my argument was and Bryant's argument too so uh, it is these one of cards they kind of just suck on their own like they're good but they're like. They're, if you're already winning, if you're at the point where you cast that, and whereas his build is a little bit more mature, all the cards lead up to casting Peer to the Abyss, the draw your half your deck. You win the game when you cast that card. So why, why all these other additional cards? And that that's was something I liked. Yeah. The, the list I'm pr- kind of proposing, I'm kind of getting feedback uh, on it from from other people. And something I'm going to be tr- probably play a little bit more Moto just to see how I like it is uh, th- a version that's kind of in between, a little bit more like the Ultimatum main deck, but instead of running those kind of one-off stupid cards, I'm going to be running like four dig through times and stuff, uh, and then four strategic planning to help fill that graveyard a little bit for mana reduction too. Otherwise, it's three peer into the abyss and uh wishing for approach so the same win condition that was kind of my thought too is this like take your time just cost two mana and you look at seven cards and you pick two cards like that's the card is too good like that was something i did a lot in the older builds was like cast spells play dig through time now i'm like that's a really good way to reload your hand yeah, somebody that's set across from that, that's definitely, like, the biggest, like, I'm going to lose this game moment is whenever you would do that. When you're, like, dig through time, it's like, oh, all right, well. It's like the it's like the lantern thing. Like, the game percentage of winning went from, like, 20% to, like, 5%. Right. After casting a dig through time. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm definitely not winning this game now. Or <laughs> Right. And I think, like, too, it's like, we, like, it's a sorcery speed combo deck. Um, but if you're playing, like, to me, it's like, I'm kind of looking at control, like, Dig Through Time is a great thing to do on their instep, like... Yeah, they definitely don't want it to happen, they're like, uh, I want you to, like, dig seven cards deep, and... But they're probably forced to letting it resolve, too. Like, they may only have, like, two counterspells through this turn cycle, and they may not want to spend it, like, if they do it, they're down to a single counter, you know, whatever... They may be down to a single counterspell by countering the dig through time, so you may just like not win for doing that. So that's like to me that was another selling point was like it, we play no instant speed spells. Like dig through time is just a great card, and there's been plenty of times where it's like I need a little bit more help. This digs me very deep, and my graveyard like that that was the argument a lot for a lot of people like your graveyard's not gonna be that big, and with Lear you need it to be really big. I'm just like, I have so much garbage in my graveyard as turns go on. Like, I don't have an issue. Like, I'll keep all my blue spells in the in the graveyard. I don't know how. And, again, we're resolving dig through time. Like, that's yeah. a... That's, that's, like, it's kind of a... Like, peer into the abyss, you draw half your deck, you know. Out of this, that, that half of the deck, a lot of those are going to be lands you can't play. It's going to be the Boiled Grazers you're not going to cast because you just drew half your deck. Like... 75% of the cards you're drawing are just garbage. 
like you you're doing it to cast the the hidden strings or pour the pages and stuff like that dig through time is like a good consolation prize and it costs two mana a lot of the time too so so good to get banned out of modern uh right right got banned out of life for the most part yeah um, but yeah, that's so. I'm trying. I'm, I want to try out this build. I'm trying to get final numbers uh, down is what what I want because I still want Peer into the Abyss as the card that actually wins the game. Um, so I'm trying to figure that out. But that yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I've been up to. And if I, I do think like at this point, I would predict that I would play uh, play Lotusfield combo. Good deck. Yeah. Also, like speaking of Neoform, I was I I have been theory craft or playing or no, I haven't been playing. I'm waiting on cards to play the Neoform Velomachus deck. Oh, I thought you were buying that stuff for me. Uh I'm buying it for us, but oh, good. I'll be the only one who plays it though, so Oh that's... okay. <laughs> but that's that I think there actually is some promise there. Um maybe not as much as like I don't know if it'll be it may just be a meme, but I I think there's actually a lot of potential there, so I I definitely want to try that out. Uh, basically, it's just neo, like you delve uh, into uh, Tasker or Hooting Mandrels, you neoform it into Velmachus, and Velmachus finds one of your eight copies of your Time Walk effects, uh, which because it's a six six creature, so I think it goes a seven seven because neoform. Or no, because it's, six, it's six, a right? five five two a six six yeah yeah I'm still waiting on final parts on that and then I want to play that a little bit more until I and and then I'll get back to Lotus Field a little bit later but that's that's something that was really interesting to me and it looks for fun it looks really really fun you just take three turns and you're done which I guess is fun to me yeah sounds <laughs> I'm trying to make Pioneer the shortest games of my life yeah yeah ma- magic is the most fun when you play as little as possible <laughs> opponent you're trying to get to how many turns no 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 no, not here yeah but i you know i think like we're gonna bring a good team to, to st louis like i think we'll all be very good about like we'll be very good at our own tables and our own seats i think we'll we have to i think we'll have a good team oh no i'm excited i think it's gonna be a very good team we're taking yeah yeah. Also, I was talking to Mikey about it. He's going to be up there too, and uh, and then my buddy Cody and some of his friends will be there too. So probably some some Dallas and uh, Wichita representation there as well. So that will be that'll be super cool. Yeah, it's always good going you know out of town and seeing familiar faces. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're I we're like soft locked. I don't think we're going to fly. I, we already talked about driving. Tyler said he didn't mind driving the whole way. It's 10 hours. It's not that bad, really. I drove to Indy and that was 13, so I mean. Did you were you solo or did you have a, a crew I I drove it? with people. Okay. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I'm looking at other events too, but like it's just so on call for me is like it's two week I'm on call for two weeks and then off for six weeks. I looked at the other NRG events I'm on call and the Atlanta Pro Tour, because that's actually like 13 hours of a drive, too. It's very drivable. That's also um, a, a period of time where I'm on call as well. So I'm just not getting breaks. But I'm, so, I'm like, if I had to pick one, it would be the St. Louis tournament. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll count my blessings, I guess. 
Yeah, good I'm, old I'm, fun team event. Yeah. Oh, team events are the best. Are I think there was one that we had that was very, like, I think it's already passed, but it was, like, in OKC, and I was bummed that I couldn't do it. And But, yeah, team events are, are the most fun. Uh, oh, Cole, that's, uh, we hit our, our long three list item of, of topics to talk about. Is there anything else that you want to bring up? Uh, I think that should be it. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. I know we, we had a big break from the last one, but if you're made it this far, we're, we're super glad that you continue to check us out and, um, we're both are going to try to make efforts to continue doing this. Uh, it's just been, it's been kind of busy for both of us, but hopefully once it gets settled down, when I move and, and things like that, we'll, we'll get yeah, back we, to a, we, a better we get, schedule. We work hard, you know, we set up, we, you know, we were going to do every other week and then, you know, life comes and bitch slaps you and then you're like, well, I guess that's not happening. Right. Yeah. I'd like us to, like, if we do every other week, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. Like, oh yeah, same. Yeah, we we may not be able to swing it every time, but we'll um, we'll, we'll at least try for you guys that do listen. We really appreciate it, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll try to get. Uh, we also had, you know, we've had a few guests before. We'll we'll try to get more of those, uh, more of our more of our friends to join us as well. It's it's always fun to get other other voices in here. I'm sure you guys like it too. Yeah, we were talking about trying to get Tyler to come in, you know, give his opinion about what he wants to do. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try that going forward. Um, but Cole, I think uh, I think we're going to sign off. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out. We'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, have a good night. Mm-hmm.